Good morning and welcome to Monday morning, November the 7th in 2022 on When I Rise. Today we begin year C, proper week 28, which is the 23rd Sunday after Pentecost. And on the Monday of the week, I'd like to take a look at the Old Testament passage, which comes to us from this week from the Revised Common Lectionary in this week of the church's calendar year. And so there's a couple to choose from. We were a bit psalm heavy last week, and so let's go to one of the prophets for this week, Isaiah chapter 65, verses 17 through 25. So let me read that passage, provide a couple points for reflection, and then we'll spend our day praying along the theme that we find there. Thanks for making us party of morning on When I Rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and meet God together in a time of prayer. Isaiah chapter 65, verses 17 through 25. See, I will create new heavens and a new earth. The former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I will create. For I will, recreate, will create Jerusalem to be a delight and its people a joy. I will rejoice over Jerusalem and take delight in my people. The sound of weeping and of crying will be heard in it no more. Never again will there be in it an infant who lives but a few days, or an old man who does not live out his years. The one who dies at a hundred will be thought of a mere child. The one who fails to reach a hundred will be considered accursed. They will build houses and dwell in them. They will plant vineyards and eat their fruit. No longer will they build houses and others live in them, or plant and others eat. For as the days of a tree, so will be the days of my people. My chosen ones will long enjoy the work of their hands. They will not labor in vain, nor will they bear children doomed to misfortune. For they will be a people blessed by the Lord, they and their descendants with them. Before they call, I will answer. While they are still speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb will feed together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox, and dust will be the serpent's food. They will neither harm nor destroy on all of my holy mountain, says the Lord. This is the word of God for us. Isaiah finally lands at the place that we are longing for, right? I mean, many of us, if you've read fiction books or if you're adept into film study, you think, okay, yeah, story may you know, start in a hard place or may go to a hard place, that deus ex machina, where it seems like everything is unraveling and then God intervenes right at the last moment in order for it to, to resolve and to come to its most spacious and gracious place. Um, this is what's going on in the book of Isaiah. I mean, the first 39 chapters are nothing but uh, hinting at destruction and woe and of suffering for God's people. And so from Isaiah 40 on, there's all this, this unwinding of all those curses, of all that woe and all that destruction to where God's world is rebuilt and God blesses his people instead of taking away from his people. This seems to be a weird story and plan of God that he would take Abraham, a person kind of in seclusion and draw him into the wilderness to give him a family and that family slowly grows into um, an influential group of people. Uh, a nation, and that nation um, would be settled in such a contentious place like Palestine. 
right? And to have wars over again and again, generation after generation, kings that they could trust and kings that took from them to be carried off into exile and back and to build cities again and to be under house arrest with the Roman people for God still not to give up on this story. I mean, we get to the place late in the Old Testament where there is this question of, have we done so much where God wants to give up on the people of Israel? So you have Isaiah, who's got this voice of consolation, who's saying God is going to renew everything. And notice the language. It's not just renewing the earth, but it's also the heavens and the earth. So even heaven, the space of God, is going to be reimagined. And it's going to be consolidated together. God's space and human space. Heaven and earth brought together in a marriage, which seems to be the great story of Scripture marriage of heaven and earth where God dwells with his people. Isaiah hints at this, this strange world where there's not predators and prey, but God's people dwell together. We're living past a hundred is something that's just commonplace, um, where you can build homes and expect to live in them forever, where you can plant vineyards and not worry about somebody either repossessing them through a crooked business deal or taking them because of the might of an army that you could dwell in peace and in safety. There's a more vivid picture of this at the very end of the book of Revelation where it talks about God dwelling with his people, where there's no space, where there's no veil, there's no mystery, but God dwells with his people. And that's where this story is going. And so the evergreen question for the people who read the Bible is, is how, can, how much can I live into this future reality today? Some people answer this question by saying, yeah, I mean, we can just wait to engage and to enjoy the stuff in the far beyond. But then there's others who read the Bible carefully and they say, actually, Jesus speaks of the kingdom of God, not in future tense, but more often than not, like at least 90% of the time in the present tense. And so Christian brother and sister, when we think about what could be in the future. We can actually live into it today. So that's going to be my prayer for us today. And it's going to be my admonition for us as we engage in a new week is to imagine that we are kingdom people. Uh, one of the things that N.T. Wright says uh, when he talks about the kingdom of God, he says, what would be different in our world? What would be different in our neighborhoods? What would be different in the school, in this church, if God was in charge? And the people have all these great ideas. And he says, it never fails. When he ever engaged in this line of inquiry in a youth group, they would say, we would have better coffee around here. And that's true. <laughs> All right. So we do see this in a shadow. We do see this in part, but it is arriving. And so as the people of God, we have to take our place. We have to say, hey, like, I'm not just going to wait around for this thing, but I'm going to live into the depth of it now. I'm going to live as if... Um, forgiveness has been extended to all my relationships. I'm going to live as if uh, generosity is rampant and no one goes without. There is no lack in this world. Um, I'm going to pursue uh, all avenues of health and of wholeness because in the new kingdom to come, there is going to be no more sickness nor, nor, nor pain. There's going to be no sadness and grief. There's going to be tears wiped away from eyes. And so we're going to begin to uh, even now enact a world in which uh, we choose not to harm the people around us, but we live into the depth of caring for one another. So that's a great question. The governing question for us as Christians is, as we follow Jesus today, how much of the depth of the kingdom of heaven 
can be experienced today. And according to Jesus, it's breaking into the present tense. And so I love this question that Bishop Todd Hunter says, Duck, do you have a present tense Jesus or just future tense Jesus? Hey, if we got a present tense Jesus, then we can acquire the goods of the kingdom today and share them with others. And there's always a supply, so there's never a lack, so we don't have to be stingy, but we can live into the depth of the kingdom life today. So with those things in mind, let's spend some time praying to our God this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you that deep into the Old Testament period, um, we have a prophet Isaiah whose imagination was stoked with the potential with the possibilities even though all the circumstances surrounding him didn't lend to this vision this idea we thank you that um, with someone who is deep in prayer deep in worship deep into the scripture study the scripture text that uh, his imagination was stoked with what could be god that's going to be our opportunity today is not just to look at the world around us not just to be aware of what's going on in the world around us but also to look ahead uh, future and in, into the horizon of God. We think that there's a story that's unfolding all around us, a story that's brimming with hope and justice and peace and forgiveness and reconciliation. God, we thank you that the strife between nations will cease. We thank you that the, the debt um, of sin and unforgiveness and uh, hate between races and nationality will be erased and all will be mended because of the cross Christ. And so God, we pray this day as we enter into this world, that we don't have to wait around for these things to unwind and for these things to be healed. But we thank you that because of the gospel, the gospel of peace, that we can walk into this world with the authority of God, with the humility of God, and declare that there is a better word, and that is the word of Christ. So God, today as we go into schools and as we go into workplaces, as we go to into this very tough and sticky situations. God, we pray for courage this day to be ambassadors of the kingdom, to be ministers of reconciliation so we might see healing and hope spring up all around us. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.